Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to episode three of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and as always, with me is our WHL expert, Liz Child. Last week's uninvited guest, the chirping smoke detector, thankfully, has been muted and muzzled. So uh, we're going to get right down to it, bring you the latest from the WHL this week. We'll talk trade, go through the, uh, the WHL's three stars of the week, and uh, check in on the Dallas Stars as our NHL team of the week. Then we've got our goalie spotlight, the draft-eligible spotlight, and our weekly Connor Bernard Bedard report. So uh, you're definitely going to want to stick around with the, for that one this week. Uh, how's it going, Liz? How's your week been? Pretty fantastic, actually. You know, we had a ton of games out here in San Jose. I think last week we had a Sharks and a Barracuda game every other night. And then, of course, the WHL had a plenty of action to catch up on. So it was really exciting. Um, I know we're going to have a little bit of a an update later on just with some news. We're going to start bringing that to you. So it's not just us talking at you. We're actually going to give you some information that's come out. Um, but yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this week. I have a couple of really exciting talks coming up. I have, uh, well, last week I talked to Lucas Drag- Civic of the Tri-City Americans, which was incredible as well, as well as Chase Freakmore, um, who is hilarious. She's so much fun to talk to. Um, I talked to him last week also of the Tri-City Americans, so you, you can see I have a little bit of a not favorite thing going on, but last week was definitely a Tri-City Americans week. Um, and then later today, I'm actually talking with Gary Kikinen, who is a goaltender for the Kelowna Rockets, and it's my first goalie talk of the WHL season, and I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some talks with Kyle Krinkovic and Mikai Sanders coming up from the Seattle Thunderbirds, so Last week was fantastic, but I think this week is going to be even better. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear uh, you're getting to talk to some of these guys one-on-one and uh, making your way around the league, getting uh, firsthand uh, chats and insight from the boys. Um, I'm actually putting together a piece on a BC goalie myself this week. I had a chance to talk to Ty Young from the Prince George Cougars in uh, in Penticton at the Young Stars Tournament in September, and he just had himself a heck of a game uh, on the weekend, handing Seattle their first loss of the season. So uh, I'll have something on Ty coming up for the Hockey News website later this week. Um, and I also uh, have uh, have been seeing another league behind your back. I had a chat with uh, with Brennan Othman from the Flint Firebirds of the OHL last week for a, uh, a magazine piece. So I, uh, I, I dipped my toe into Ontario a little bit. I hope everybody can uh, forgive me for that. Um, later on this week, the uh, U-17 tournament is going to be getting underway here in BC at Le- in Latte. Langley and Langley and Delta. Um, my plan is to try and get out there for uh, the first game on my first game on Sunday, which is going to be between two of the uh, Canadian teams, and then uh, try to get some more action uh, over the next week or so. So uh, let's dive in and get our WHL coverage going for this week. Let's start with the big trade. Yeah. So I feel like everyone. Uh, 
at this point has kind of seen that the Winnipeg Ice are doing the thing that they're doing where they're uh, picking up everyone they can again to try and make a run, which I feel like they did a little bit at the end of last season as well. They were just kind of like, everyone give them to me. I need all of you. Um, and it worked pretty well for them. They're already off to a hot start this year. And then they go out and add defenseman Graham Sword from the Spokane Chiefs, which if you know me, you know that broke my heart. I love Graham. He's fantastic. But I'm so excited for him to get this opportunity with the Winnipeg Ice. Um, it's going to be fantastic, but Spokane's really going to miss him. Uh, and yeah, coming up in uh, in subsequent podcasts in the weeks to come, we'll uh, we'll be kicking off with a bit of uh, news and notes on the week. Now that the uh, the season is underway and and movement is happening, we'll be uh, keeping you posted on all the uh, all the big stuff that's going on. Um, but for now, we'll turn to our first regular feature, which is our three stars of the week. And uh, this week, we're kicking things off with the third star in uh, Swift Current with uh, defenseman Owen Pickering. Yes. So, you know, Owen Pickering, I feel like everyone was talking about him at the end of last season, especially heading into the draft. He was getting a lot of attention, well-deserved. Um, and then I feel like starting this season, at least from what I've seen, it's kind of cool on him and no one's been talking about him very much. Um, and then he goes and picks up five points in three games last week with one goal and four assists. Um, you should be watching the Slipcare Broncos anyway, but if you're not, Owen Pickering's one of those guys that he's worth just watching the team on his own. Um, however, we will have a teammate of his that we're talking about a little bit later as well. Um, but Swift Current, you know, they've had ups and downs that look really good sometimes, and then they'll have a couple games where they just don't look like they're putting it all together very well. And Owen Pickering is one of those guys I feel like just stays consistent and is always there. So, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins picked him up in the first round last season, uh, or last draft, and... I think that it was a smart decision on their part and he's going to, he's going to live up to that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like not enough people have been talking about him enough uh, since the season began, especially considering he's been having a fantastic start to the year. Yeah, that's great. Good to know. We'll keep an eye on Owen going forward uh, for our second star. We turn to the Victoria Royals and their right winger, Jake Poole. Yeah. So the Royals just picked up Poole at the beginning of October uh, which was a, a little bit of a surprise trade for people just because of Kelowna trading Jake Poole. It wasn't so much the Royals bringing him in. It was more, you know, trading him out from Kelowna. Um, but he is an overage uh, forward. Ever since he's gotten to Victoria, it's been lights out for him. Um, he's picked up two uh, hat tricks within a week span. Uh, one of them did come last week, and that's why, you know, we're putting him as a second star. Um He's looked absolutely fantastic. Again, he's only been there for, what, four weeks now. Um, they kind of picked him up on their trip out to Kelowna. <laughs> Just used him in that game against his, his former team. Um, you know, he, he had three games last week, only picked up points in one of them. But it was a hat trick. So, you know, it's not like it was a slow going, slow week for him. Um, <laughs> he's been a point per game player throughout his 13 games of the season. Um, eight goals, five assists, nothing to kind of scoff at. You know, he's doing exactly what he's been asked to do with this Victoria team, especially as an overager who's kind of being looked at a little bit more as a leader, especially with guys like Gannon LaRock out of the lineup right now. Yeah. 
Thank you. And our first star of the week, I mean, we have another first star of the week coming in a later segment, just in case so <laughs> you're wondering what's up here. So don't, don't think we've forgotten about what's going on in Regina. But uh, that is not to take away from our first star of the week for this segment, going back to uh, Two Swift Current and uh, Matthew Ward. Yes, I will say, just going back through it, I think we mentioned it a little bit in the first episode, um, but Connor Bedard is not going to be in the three stars of the week, partially because we will be talking about him every week, and partially because if we included him, he would be there every week, and he'd be taking spots from guys who you know, we're a little more excited to talk about just as an, uh, an addition to Connor Bedard, because he, we all know this season's the Connor Bedard show. That's all it's going to be. Probably the rest of his career is going to be a Conor Bedard show. So we'll be talking about him plenty. But first start of this week, I do have as uh, Matthew Ward. Uh, you know, Swift Current Broncos center, again, going back to the Broncos. They had a great weekend last weekend, um, or last week. And, um, you know, he's had six points in three games, with three goals, three assists, keeping it pretty even. Um, he did pick up 18 penalty minutes, which just for me personally – I like a pest. I like when guys get into the, into things. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but not enough people, he's another one, not enough people are talking about him for how good he's played this season and last season. He gets a little bit of attention once in a while, especially when he does something, you know, major and notable. Um, but he's one of those guys that, you know, everyone should be giving him a little more attention. Um, he is undrafted. He's going into this, this season kind of being like, hey, look at me. I can I can keep up. There's like Owen's not the only guy on this team who can who can stand out a little bit. And uh, I think we're looking forward to seeing just what he can do the rest of the season, especially if we look at last week. Uh, and just a note there, if you uh, if you do want to uh, show Matthew Ward some love and learn a little bit more about him and you go uh, try to look up his profile on Elite Prospects, uh, fun fact, make sure you spell his name correctly because there's lots of Matthew Wards out there spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W, but he has one T in his first name. It's M-A-T-H-E-W, last name W-A-R-D. And if you use that, you'll get the, uh, the, the, the rundown on uh, Swift Current's Matthew Ward and be able to uh, track him through this season as we see whether he, or not he can get himself into the mix for the, uh, for the 2023 draft. Um, that's our three stars for this week. Now we'll turn to our NHL team of the week. Um, we're still in the Central Division and going through alphabetically, so very quick shout out to the Colorado Avalanche since they don't have any... Uh, prospects currently playing in the WHL. Of course, they do have a strong West Coast roots with players like uh, Kale McCarr and Devon Taves and even Alex Newhook having come out from Newfoundland to British Columbia to uh, to play in the BCHL. But uh, those guys all came up through the through the college route and didn't play in the dub. Um, newly acquired. Say. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I realize you saw him later. <laughs> oh, I was just going to quickly mention Dryden Hunt, uh, who is from Cranbrook. He he started in the VCHL with the Trail Smoke Eaters, um, but then also went to the dub where he managed to cover three teams during his junior career in Regina, Medicine Hat, and Mistra. Uh, back to you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was I was getting really excited uh, because they do have uh, former Victoria Royals captain Taryn Pfizer in their ECHL team right now, down with the um, Utah Grizzlies. Uh, but I do expect him to get some time again with the Colorado Eagles this season. You know, he, he's been looking like he's been comfortable with them. Uh, and I think there's just, you know, 
Colorado has so many guys right now that there just wasn't space for him, and that's just the case with a few guys throughout the, the league right now. Um, but they do have Taron Pfizer, who I was very excited to see at the rookie faceoff. Um, he was he was holding his own and looked good. Um, they also did invite uh, winter current Winterhawks captain uh, Gabe Clausen to their rookie camp, and I got to speak with him a little bit last week and just talk about you know the captaincy and being at camp with Colorado and. Every time you talk with a guy who attends a, Col- a Colorado camp, it's like, I've learned so much seeing all of these guys. Um, and it's a lot of fun. But Colorado might have a couple more WHL prospects coming up here soon. Excellent. Something to keep an eye on for sure. But uh, we are going to double dip this week and uh, also touch on the Dallas Stars, who have uh, three players in the from their system in the WHL right now. Yeah, and three big names that I feel like everyone's been been kind of keeping an eye on a little bit more. Um, the first is Matthew Seminoff, who, of the three, I think he gets maybe the least attention of the three. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why. I mean, you know, he's not as highly touted. And maybe takes a little more time to warm up to. But when you watch him, he is one of those guys that you're just like, oh, I see it. I understand. But you actually have to go into a game watching for him a little bit more. Um Throughout this season, uh, Semenov, who plays for the Kamloops Blazers, I feel like maybe I forgot to mention that, was drafted uh, in the sixth round by Dallas. Um, throughout this season, he has 10 points in 11 games with five goals, five assists. He's looked good. He's done exactly what Matthew Semenov is expected to do. Um, he's got a lot of skills, uh, but they're kind of spread out, whereas a lot of guys where you talk about them where you're just like, oh, man, this is a skills player. This is – He's got hands, he can skate, he can do this. Matthew Semenov kind of has a little bit of a lot um, versus, like, one specific skill. Um, but he does have, you know, that hockey IQ. He has that playmaking ability. He does have hands. He has that net front presence. Um, and he kind of puts it all together. But he, the other thing that you notice about him when he's playing is he will usually be the hardest working person on the ice. Like you look at him and you're just like, okay, you're getting here because of the amount of work that you're willing to just put in and do and it's noticeable. Um, he's never really sitting back in a game. He's always kind of showing up. Sometimes it's a little bit over the top just because you're like, okay, all right, breathe, take a second. But he's just one of those guys where when you do look at him and watch him in a game, you understand what Math- what Matthew Semenoff is kind of about. And it's it's interesting to watch just because he's not that guy that everyone's talking about. Okay, uh, we got a couple more. Tell us about Connor Roulette. Yes, former Seattle Thunderbird Connor Roulette, uh, now playing for the Saskatoon Blades. Uh, that trade over the summer was no one was ready for it. When they announced that Connor Roulette had been traded to Saskatoon for Kyle Kinkovic, everyone was kind of sitting there like, I'm sorry, what? They, they did what? Um, ironically, you know, they're on just about the same level with their new teams. Uh, Connor Roulette's having a great outing with. The Saskatoon Blades, Kyle Kinkovic is doing wonderfully with the Seattle Thunderbirds. It worked out for both teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's doing fantastic. 14 points through 11 games. Connor Roulette is doing exactly what Connor Roulette always has done. Um, in fact, he's probably performing a little bit better with the Blades than he had been with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, he does have seven goals, seven assists. So another one of those guys, I feel like that's a theme right now, where they have even goals and assists. Um, and, you know, he's been a point-per-game player in the last two seasons, and it doesn't look like he's going to slow down this year. Um, he's on pace to do just that, probably surpass his numbers from last season if he keeps going. Um, 
and he's just he's a smart player. He knows how to make plays, but he doesn't panic when he has the puck on his stick. Um, and that's something that you know I feel like everyone's looking for, especially scouts, where you're not just you know dumping the puck in. You're actually taking a second and being like, okay, can I do something with this? Okay, cool. Yes, I can. Um, he does a really good job also of just thinking about the next move, like they just kind of said, like he doesn't panic, but he also has a good job of going to where the puck will be. He doesn't tend to chase it. He tends to know like, okay, this is going here. All right, I will meet it there versus, oh, now I have to go catch up. Um, and I, yeah, again, he's one of those players I could probably talk for hours about. Yeah. Um, Roulette was a, a fourth rounder in the 2021 draft for the Stars. And uh, that's the same draft as the third player we're going to talk about here who was taken in the second round. And you have probably heard his name before. That would be Logan Stankoven. Yeah, last season CHL player of the year. Um, <laughs> I, there's not a lot you can say about Logan Stankoven that hasn't already been said. Um, you know, going in the second round is a travesty. He probably should have been a first rounder. Maybe I'm a little biased on that. Um, I, you know, we talk. I talk about Logan Stankoven a lot. Um, you know, you just go down the list of things that he's accomplished. He's had World World Juniors gold just just in the last twelve months. He had World Juniors gold. He's been the CHL Player of the Year. Um, he didn't come back to the Blazers until October 14th, so he missed a fair chunk of games. Um, he was having a good camp with the Stars. He looked fantastic. Um, there was a little bit of He's coming back, right? But at the same time, those who kind of know the organization know uh, the Dallas Stars and the Kamloops Blazers have the same ownership. There was no way that Logan Stankoven was not coming back to Kamloops for the Blazers hosting the Memorial Cup. Uh, <laughs> that was just never going to happen. You were not going to see that. <laughs> Logan Stankoven was coming back for the Memorial Cup. Run. It did not matter. Um, also, because if they didn't bring him back, who knows what this team would have done? Um, it's not that he's the only player on this team, because, again, you have players like Matthew Seminoff. Uh, but Logan Stankoven is in a class of his own in the CHL right now, um, and he looks good. And I feel like I say that everyone's going to be like, oh, Logan Stankoven, he's good. He's not in a class of his own. You know, there's other players above him. But mm, I disagree. I think Logan Stankoven, uh, you know, Everything he's gotten, he's worked extremely hard for. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, he's had to kind of prove himself a little bit more. And I feel like if he, he was three inches taller, everyone would be like, oh, my gosh, Logan Stankoven's amazing. Oh, wonderful, all of this stuff. Um, but as a smaller guy, I feel like everyone's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's good. I mean, he's done a lot. Um, and I'm not here for that. I'm here to hype him up right now. Yeah. Uh, From what I've seen I mean, of him, um, I feel like every – opportunity he gets every level that he plays at he's still blowing people's socks off like each time they're like oh i didn't know logan stackhoven could do that um but he shouldn't be <laughs> that's the thing it's like you know you should know going in that logan stackhoven is going to do this yeah. uh, i mean like i said he came back late this season he's only been in eight games for the blazers this year he's picked up 19 points wow. <laughs> like <laughs> <it's not> <laughs> <laughs> he has 10 goals and 9 assists like I mean I don't know I feel like Logan Stankoven just deserves a little more yeah that sounds like Logan Stankoven like that's exactly what we're expecting of him yeah. um, of those 10 goals 4 of them have come on the power play so like you know you could use him there um, 
six of his eight games have been multi-point games, but he has points in all eight games. I just don't know what else people want from him. Uh, but Dallas definitely, I think, I think you actually made a note where, you know, he could be one of the steals of that draft. And it's funny to say, because as a second rounder, you can't really be like, oh man, he's a steal. But Logan St. Coven might be the steal of that draft just because he probably should have gone in the first. Um, and if he does end up being a steal of the draft, he'll uh, follow in the footsteps of another uh, former WHLer who went in the fifth round and went on to become a uh, Art Ross Trophy winner and is currently Dallas's captain. And of course, I'm talking about Jamie Benn. Um, he had a good pedigree when he was drafted, but the conventional wisdom was that they thought that he was going to try to pursue a career in baseball, which was one of the reasons why uh, teams stayed away from him. But uh, the Stars took a chance at, uh, I don't know, number 147 or something like that. And uh, even though people gripe about his uh, his contract now, um, he still has three years left at nine and a half million. But, um, you know, he has certainly delivered for the franchise and helped sort of set the identity of the stars for what they are now and still delivers from a leadership point of view and, and a physicality point of view. He's just a mean dude that you do not want to get on the wrong side of if you're playing against him. So uh, um, a different playing style than Logan Stankoven, but perhaps kind of a path that uh, is sort of familiar when you think about it from the uh, from the WHL point of view. Um, that's the NHL spotlight for this week. Now we'll turn to the uh, goalie spotlight and uh, our uh, goalie of the week just got named uh, one of the goalies of the month for the month of October, along with his partner with the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, so uh, tell us about Rhett Stoser. Yeah, so uh, Rhett Stoser is a rookie in this league, but we'll both he and his, his goalie tandem partner were specifically focusing on Rhett this week. I'm sure we'll come back around. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he's only played five games in the WHL, and he has two shutouts. And he's, you know, one of those, one of those kids who's coming in, and you're sitting there being like, okay. Um, Red Deer, you know, we have it highlighted, but Red Deer is on a 13-game win streak to start the season. Uh, the best uh, in modern history, the first team in modern history to hit that 13-win record to start a season, um, which goes back to, like, 1978. So, Whatever Red Deer is doing right now, keep doing it. It's working. It's phenomenal. It's so much fun to watch. Um, I don't think that anyone was expecting Red Deer to be the team to do it. You know, uh, now with Portland having their first losses, uh, with Seattle falling to Prince George, Red Deer is on a tear on all their own. And it's <laughs> like, I might be the only person super surprised and sitting here being like, but the Red Deer Rebels are doing this? Um I'm not surprised in, in the fact of like, oh my gosh, they they weren't good, blah, blah, blah. But it's just one of those, they have two rookie goaltenders. <laughs> Where is this coming from? This win streak. It's, it's absolutely outstanding. And Red Stester is phenomenally holding it together. Um, he's fun to watch. He's the first goalie to record two shutouts in the WHL so far this season. Um Absolutely outstanding. Uh, he has, at the time of recording this, he has a 140 goals against, which is league leading. Which ironically, I think last week we were talking about um, uh, Scott Ratzlaff, and he was le leading the league last week, and now all of a sudden it's switched, uh, which I didn't know setting this up. That it was going to be the same situation. 
Uh, but he does have a 934 save percentage throughout his five games this week, or throughout his five games this season. Um, and he's kind of been holding it together. His next save, just a little fun fact from me, his next save is going to be save 100, which is just really exciting. I don't know why. I love the sound of that. Uh, he's only allowed seven goals on 106 shots. Okay. Um, me being me, I'm sitting here being like, I probably would have allowed like 85, but it's fine. Um, I'm not a goalie, clearly. <laughs> if you um, made he does have saves, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, he does have exactly 300 minutes played, and it does feel like as his five games have gone on, he's settled into the game more and more. Um, you know, he's had a two. He's had, I think, two games where he was sub 900 save percentage. But again, he's a rookie goaltender in this league. Still have held it together for his team. Looks fantastic, and I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the year. Um, and yeah, the only way a team can get to a record like a 13 game winning streak is if you've got both goalies pulling their weight. And so the fact that um, that you've got two brand new pendies um, finding their way with Red Dare, and that the uh, that the you know nominal backup is doing just as well and putting up better numbers than the uh, so-called starter is uh, certainly a, a, a an embarrassment of riches almost for uh, for the crew in Red Dare, and it'll be interesting to see how far uh, how far they can keep the streak going as the last uh, unbeaten team in the uh, WHL this season. Uh, so, uh, you know, well-deserved in terms of the, uh, goalies of the month honor, as well as, uh, our goalie of the week, uh, for Rhett. Now, uh, we'll turn to the draft eligible spotlight and we go back closer to Liz's stomping grounds, leaving the Canadian prairies behind and, uh, back into the U S where, uh, this week we're going to talk about, uh, forward Grace and Sachin. Yeah. Uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds rookie is looking fantastic to start the season. And I think no one's surprised by that. He had a great camp. He had a great preseason. Um, first couple games came out of the gates and looked good. Everything about this guy you, makes you want to watch him. Um, he has 13 points in 10 games. And again, it, it's his rookie season. He's looked fantastic. Um, he's been kept off the score sheet just one game out of his 10 so far. Uh, you know, on a powerful Seattle Thunderbirds team to be able to stand out as a rookie is a really big thing. Uh, just because, you know, the Thunderbirds have so many guys, like you can list <laughs> half of their roster and be like, this guy's fantastic. This guy's fantastic. Um, and so for Grayson Sashin to come in and just like, Hey, I'm also here. I know I'm new, but look what I can do. Uh, it's really, really great to watch. And, you know, I feel like everybody's looking forward to seeing more of him. Uh, we were all looking forward to seeing him. There was a little bit of a question, I think, at one point of whether or not he was going to come play for the Thunderbirds. Um, and he went, yep, I'll be there. Sounds good. Uh, and so that's been very exciting to kind of get to witness and um, just kind of see what he can do throughout this year because, you know, everyone was looking forward to him for so long. He had a little bit of pressure on his back, and I think so far he's living up to it. Um, yeah, I saw that, that um, he's an Alberta kid, but he came up through the, uh, the U.S. prep school system and uh, even spent some time with the U.S. national team development program. So he definitely could have uh, gone the USHL college route and sort of taken that path, but decided to, uh, to come to the dub and show his stuff. Um, I saw that he got a B rating from NHL Central Scouting in terms of his, uh, his draft status on their uh, preliminary list. And they are saying that that would project him out to a second or third round 
round draft pick if uh, if it holds for the rest of the season. Do you think that's accurate or do you think he's got some room to move up? I think he's got some room to move up. I think right now projecting him as a second or third round might be a little ambitious. I think they're kind of thinking more long term. Um, I would see him potentially as that third or fourth round pick uh, right now. But I think with the amount of growth that he has opportunity for within the Seattle system, he could definitely be moving up. Like there's, there's no end to like how high I think that he, that Grayson's option can, can progress. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, we'll keep an eye on him uh, playing on a very good team as the uh, as the season goes on. Um, and now uh, we've kept you waiting long enough. It's time for our, uh, our weekly Connor Bedard report. And uh, the uh, we're recording on Tuesday and the WHL, as I mentioned, uh, announced their players of the month earlier today. Uh, we talked about the goalies already and probably no surprise that in the uh, first month of the season, Bedard takes home that uh, that honor. And I uh, had a heck of a week to cap it off. Yeah, I mean, eight points in his last three games. He had five points in his game against the Tri-City Americans, which it's Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah, he got his goal, and I think even the WHL page was like, oh, okay, we saw that coming. Uh, but he picked up two goals and three assists in that game uh, to bring him up to eight in his three games last week, which is insane. He has 29 points in 15 games with 13 goals, 16 assists. I mean – it's weird to say, but for me personally, especially looking at a guy like Logan Stankoven's numbers throughout the season, I feel like that's a little bit low for Connor Bedard. I feel like 29 and I mean, 29 points to 15 games for anyone is insane. But I feel like if you had told me, like, oh, Connor Bedard has 35 points through 15 games a season, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can see it. It's fine. Uh, so 29 points, maybe people are going to get a little mad at me for saying this, but I feel like you could give a little bit more. I feel like we still haven't seen Connor Bedard in the WHL yet um, and again he has points in 14 straight games so you know what <laughs> don't listen to me who cares he's doing just fine he has 91 shots on goal he doesn't need me to tell him he can play better I'm sure he's sitting there being like uh yeah I know <laughs> like, um but yeah I mean it's Connor Bedard I don't at this point everything you can talk about it has been talked about but we're gonna do it anyway because it's fun. It's kind of done. Absolutely. He's only leading the league by eight points. So there's definitely room for improvement. Um, we yeah, might yeah. like push into the double digits in November for sure. Um, and he's uh, making his way out to his uh, home turf here in, uh, in the lower mainland to play the Vancouver Giants at the end of the month. So that'll be a, a big game for everybody involved. And I know people in the lower mainland are really looking forward to getting a chance to see him and the rest of the Regina team. Um, that's basically our show for the week uh once again thanks so much for listening we love doing this project and uh it's been so fun checking in with you every week and uh gaining and gleaning all your wisdom Liz so um thanks everybody for tuning in and uh and listening and uh it's great to be part of this um this expanded platform of hockey news podcasts covering all the uh, the various development leagues. So uh, um, if you subscribe to the main hockey news podcast on any of your favorite platforms, um, you should get them all trickling through as the uh, as the week goes on. So that's uh, the hockey news on the OHL, the hockey news on the QHL, the uh, hockey news American pipeline process 
podcast, which covers the USHL and the uh, NCAA scene. And then uh, last week, the Hockey News on the AHL podcast debuted as well. So uh, all things all over North America, we've got you covered as uh, I don't know if they've got Europe coming, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised the way things are going. Um, so it's, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and uh, enjoy the games. And we'll be back next week with more.